Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show where we bring you the current events from a constitutional and liberty perspective Uh, No government propaganda promise and no historical revision. Just the straight up facts and nothing but the facts. Uh, No fake news here. And I hope that's why you're joining us because this is something that you are looking for. Real solutions to real problems. Government problems that we have in America today. Remember, Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. But on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, that is our biggest problem. The ignorance that we have been trained into accepting as fact. And I am just, I'm excited to be able to bring this truth to you (laughs) in spite of my technical difficulties today. And I wanna talk to you about something that ought to be very, very pressing to us. Like solutions really should be what we're looking for. Uh, I posted on Facebook today, uh, one of the most one of the most asked questions that I get, what is what is wrong with our government uh, employees that they do not know the rights of the people? What's wrong with the people in government that they don't know our rights? Why do people in government not know our rights? Why is it that they violate our rights? And I, and I just, I, I want us to talk about that because there's really a false premise there. The false premise is that People in government not knowing our rights is the problem. That's not the problem. The question we ought to be asking is what is wrong with the people in our communities who keep electing people who know nothing about our Constitution, know nothing about our rights, or have no dedication to the preservation of either? Because, you see, Those people are in government because we put them there. And people, human nature says people are going to do what they're going to do if there's no supervision. 
It's just a matter of human nature. That's why Thomas Jefferson said, if once the people become inattentive to public affairs, you and I and governors and assemblymen and congressmen and judges, he says, we will all become wolves. It's the general nature of who we are in spite of specific exceptions. There will be exceptions where people who are not governed over will do the right thing, but those are the exceptions. Without direct and constant supervision, the people in our government will do whatever fits them best, whatever ensures their reelection, whatever ensures their profit, whatever ensures their ability to make money. And we as a people, we must be willing to to do what we are doing by monitoring what they're doing. And so the question becomes, why is it that we the people are not educated or requiring those who are going to be entrusted with our rights? They're not leaders. They're not rulers. They're not dictators. They are trusted with the securing of our rights. That's what the Declaration of Independence says. That governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. They'll only exercise just powers while the people are watching. When the people are not watching, then they'll exercise any power they can get their hands on. And as I hope we've seen today, they'll actually manufacture circumstances to generate more power for themselves. So the question, as I said before, is not why are these people not respecting our rights? The question is why aren't we requiring them to respect our rights? We should ensure that people know our rights, are proficient on the Constitution, not their living, breathing document training, but proficient in the Constitution, right? And are well aware that it is their duty to secure our rights above and everything else, okay, before they get into office. Can I just say that again? We ought to know these things about these people before they get into office. If we wait until they get into office and start watching how they vote to figure this out, we're behind the curve and we're too late. So step number one, we gotta know where these, we gotta know what these people know before they get into office. We have to know that they are dedicated to the securing of our rights, not to national security, not to personal security, not to safety, not to prosperity, but their primary perspective, their primary goal is the securing of individual rights. We have to know that before they are elected. Otherwise, we don't elect them. And then step number two, when they get into office and they don't live up to the presentation of who they are when they were running for office, if they become someone different, if they make different votes, if they no longer secure our rights and are more after personal security and safety and prosperity, then you must immediately change their vote or change their vocation. Way too long, 
We've allowed politicians to behave like a bunch of spoiled teenagers who get angry when we try to correct them. Seriously, JC and I watched this thing on PBS one time. This Everybody who's had a teenager knows this phenomenon, this crazy teenager thing where they look at you and they're like, why are you looking at me like that? Why did you say that with me? Why are you so critical? Okay, so you're not being critical. You're not looking at them funny. Physiologically speaking, teenagers and toddlers have a frontal lobe development thing going on that causes them to misinterpret and misperceive emotional responses. And that's for that's the nature of their overreactions. But our politicians act like spoiled children. Why are you hating on me? Why are you criticizing me? Why are you, you know, why are you attacking me? No, I'm not attacking you. You're making the wrong decisions. You are my employee. As your employer, it's my job to correct you when you're doing the wrong thing. When you're not doing your job the way I want you to do it, I am supposed to correct you. That's how a republic works. The constitutional part says you're, you're bound within this certain boundary. And if you step out of that boundary because we are a republic, it is my job to tell you. Whoops, wait a minute. Time to get back in. I'm not attacking you. I'm correcting you. But the nature of your response tells me right off the bat, number one, you know you're wrong. Number two, you don't want to fix yourself. Number three, you're a spoiled brat. And you don't deserve my trust. I, I want to know when the American people lost the perspective that people in government are trusted with the power that they have, are trusted to secure our, our rights and our liberties. They are trusted. They are not entitled. They are trusted. And when they violate that trust, this is not Jesus and forgiving them 70 times 7. This is not about a personal relationship. This is about a business obligation. I don't have to forgive my legislator 70 times 7. You violate my trust to the detriment, threat, or destruction of my rights or the rights of my children. Your trust is gone. You may have an opportunity to reestablish that trust. A very short window of reestablishing that trust. But if your behavior continues in the same frame, gone. And that's the, what we need American people to reestablish in their civic, in their governmental mindset. That used to be who we were. That used to be how we worked. There's even a story going on, uh, the, the historical story about... Um, about, um, oh, now I can't, the name's gone. I, um, I'll never vote for you again, uh, Daniel Boone, because you actually voted against my liberty. There's that story. I'll find it during the break, maybe. Where I said, look, you, you, you voted contrary to my rights. You voted for my contrary to my constitution. I, I can't support you. I like you as a friend. 
You seem to be a really great guy, but you violated my trust and now I'm going to find somebody else. That used to be the way we were. And now we're not. So you want to find the problem. That's the problem. You want to find the solution. Fix it. I don't know. For me, education seems to be the key. For Samuel Adams, education seemed to be the key. That's why he said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. It is this universal ignorance that has caused us not to care anymore. It's our universal ignorance that has caused us to feel overwhelmed and out of control and powerless. Because we are not out of, uh, we are not powerless. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Glad to have you with me here today. And we're going to be talking about some things that are happening in the local government. Those of you who have been with me a long time know that I have this, this phrase called trickle-down tyranny. I believe that our local governments have gotten completely out of control because we uh, have allowed our federal governments to exercise uncontrolled power for so long. And so now the local governments, just simply by human nature, like, well, hey, they're going to act power all like that. I am going to act all like that. And so because we have been trained into accepting this, this uncontrolled power in the federal government, we are now accepting that same uncontrolled power at the local level. People say, Chrisanne, I don't know what to do with my governor. Well, you know what? Maybe it start stop paying so much attention to the president and start paying attention to your governor. You have more control over your governor than you could ever imagine the president of the United States. If you think that you have any opportunity to exercise any control over the president of the United States, you are delusional. But as an individual, you actually have the opportunity to exercise control over your governor. You really do, trust me. And if you don't, then move down. Your, your House of Representatives at the state level, you absolutely have the opportunity to exercise direct control over your House rep, over your state senator, then move down a notch. You absolutely have the opportunity and the ability to exercise direct control over your county commissioner. And you absolutely have the opportunity and the ability to exercise direct control over your sheriff. And frankly, you've heard me say this a billion times. 
If you have a constitutional sheriff, it will not matter what your state is doing. It will not matter what the federal government is doing. And if any day and age, we ought to know that it is now, especially with our sheriffs who are declaring their counties to be Second Amendment sanctuary counties, not just simply in opposition to federal law, but in opposition to state law. And this is the power we hold as the people. This is not simply the power of the sheriff. This is the power of the people. And this is what we need to get back into our mindset as to who we are. And so I want to show you. Remember, we talked about the TAPS Act. I have the article on my website. Go to chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Look for the article, H.R. 838, TAPS Act, Constitutional Review. You are being lied to, okay? The TAPS Act. This is not the TAPS Act show. I've already done a TAPS Act show, but I want to show you those you have to understand. It is, for some reason, praise the Lord, it is not getting traction in Washington, D.C. I believe it's because we're making such a fuss about it. I believe it's because we have said, you know what? We see through this illusion and we're not going to take it anymore, right? We're not going to let you do this. I, I don't know. I, I haven't seen on Twitter um, Crenshaw making any more pushes towards the TAPS Act. I'm not seeing a really, really strong push towards this anymore. But now, guess what I'm seeing? I'm seeing it on the state level, right? They can't get it pushed on the federal level. So now they're trying to sneak it in on the state level. They're not calling it the TAPS Act. They're talking it about it as the, quote, solution to stop mass shootings. So this is an article from the Miami Herald. Remember, Florida, we were the state that kicked into gear the red flag acts. All right, red flag laws. They existed before Florida started theirs. But we, because we were a Republican House, a Republican Senate, a Republican governor, and a Republican attorney general, right? Because it was all Republican pushed gun control to the max on steroids. Well, then it must be okay. And it just took off across America. And now it's happening in Florida again. The headline, Florida's top cops offer their big, their big idea to stop mass shootings, and it's not about guns. I want you to look at this. They're not mentioning the TAPS Act. They're not mentioning the federal push. They're making it sound like this is law enforcement's idea, a brilliant idea to keep you safe. When we get back, I'll show you what it is, really. Arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry around You can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, I can't I can't recommend this enough. I know it's my product 
Uh, it's JC's product, but I can't recommend this enough. We really, really, really need to get libertyfirstuniversity.com education into our homes, into our classrooms, into our businesses. Remember, if you're a business owner, please start teaching this as a matter of training. If you're a teacher, start teaching this as a matter of your classroom. Sneak it in there. You've got latitude to add stuff. You've got holidays. You can stick stuff in. My goodness, there's always an excuse to talk about liberty. LibertyFirstUniversity.com, the education that you can't find anywhere else. So let me show you this state movement. It's coming to your state. I guarantee it. Florida tops cops, top cops offer their big idea to stop mass shootings, and it's not about guns, okay? So let me read this to you. It says, rather, the state's leading law enforcement authorities offered an ambitious but vague solution far removed from gun control, a first-of-its-kind effort to predict mass shooters before they attack. It would train police across the state how to recognize threats. The new alert system would require police, local governments, medical providers, and the public to share more information about their fellow Floridians than ever before. And here's the key. They're calling it threat assessment. That's the TAPS Act, everybody. That's the TAPS Act. Behavioral Assessment Units. If you don't know what that means, you got to go to chrisanhall.com and read the constitutional analysis of the TAPS Act. I, look, this I'm, I'm reading this and I'm, my mind is going crazy because I'm thinking, what in the world? They must realize in Washington, D.C., they can't get this passed. So they're going to try to slip it in at the local level where people are less suspecting of their uh, elected employees, their elected officials. I hate using that term, but nonetheless, that's, that's what we say. See, I believe that Congress has become so suspect. I believe that Americans as a whole, left, right, center, no longer have any trust whatsoever in the FBI or the Department of Justice. Zero trust. And they're like, heck no. I'm not letting you behavioral assess me and then have some vague but all-powerful authority to, quote, manage my behavior? Are you kidding me? That's what we feel about the federal government. But now, okay, so we can't get it past there. Let's let it creep in and see if we can get it pushed at the local level, right? Because your sheriff is your neighbor, your police chief, you know who she is. And my goodness, the deputy lives next door and the police officer's your cousin. Seriously, what do you have to fear from your cousin? See, this is, this is how they get unsuspecting people. Naive, but unsuspecting people to buy on to a plan that they know is wicked. They have to know this. I'm sitting here wondering, I'm like, 
Who's back in this TAPS Act? Who gets to benefit the most from this TAPS Act? Because for me, it's always about follow the money, right? Because you realize it has absolutely nothing to do with you being safe or me being safe or for heaven's sakes, the babies and the children being safe. It's not about that. We're past that, right? We know that's not what this is about. Because if that's what this was about, then they would be enforcing the laws on the criminals instead of trying to disarm the law-abiding people, right? So we got to be past that. So I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm, hey, I don't know, man. Maybe some of my, my top reporters out there, my real journalists, my real researchers out there can trace this back. You can tell me who's set to gain the most money from these behavioral assessment units. I was like, is Halliburton to, you know, going to gain from this? Because the last time we had this federal movement that, that was, you know, cut our liberty out from underneath us, that was Cheney. That was Cheney and Halliburton. So I don't know. Now I'm really on the list, right? So woo, Chris Ann's got her tinfoil hat on today. I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just throwing out possibilities because I can't, I can't tell you who's to gain from this. Because it's not about me and it's not about you. And it's not about our children. So somebody has to gain. They're trying. They're working overtime with this. This is what I'm trying to tell you. They're working overtime to get this passed. They want this passed. What do they know that we don't know? I'll tell you what we know. They don't know. That we're not dumb. And we're not silent. And we're not standing still anymore. It's time for us to step up, stand out, and speak out. Because this is ridiculous. I want to show this to you. They says, this threat assessment idea is in response to a February directive from Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican, an ardent Second Amendment advocate who is against further gun reforms. Remember, this is all about keeping you safe without touching your guns, right? No, no, no. They don't have to touch your guns if they can red flag you on your behavior. It's now no longer about what guns you own. It's about your behavior. Remember, the TAPS Act says concerning behavior. Not just are you exhibiting concerning behavior. The TAPS Act says, asks, are you interested in concerning behavior? I mean, you've got to hear this. This is crazy. It says, it does not cast a wide net. Now, Swear Engine is with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. I'm going to po post up his picture in just a minute so you know who he is. But Swear Engine says, this threat assessment does not cast a wide net but rather it focuses on behaviors related to attack planning. It focuses on what people are doing, not what they look like or who they are. See, the, the left is concerned about profiling, right? Because of race. I'm telling you, they're going to profile based on political ideology. Now, this is a picture I've just shown up here on YouTube of Rick Swearingen, the commissioner of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, okay? He says, it does not cast a wide net, but rather it focuses on behaviors. Remember, this is behavioral assessment. These units will be empowered to determine, to, to investigate you, to collect your information, to search and seize your metadata without a warrant, 
in order to determine whether you are interested, not exhibited, not in engaging in, if you are interested in concerning behavior, and then they will be empowered under the color of law to quote unquote manage your behavior. Chrisanne, what in the heck does that mean? I don't know. Nobody knows. The officer will be left to determine what that means because the only criteria, not probable cause, not clear and convincing evidence, the qualifier is articulable facts. So here in these behavioral assessment units that they're trying to push now at the local level, the qualification for the individual officer will be, can I articulate a fact that shows that this person is interested in what I define to be a concerning behavior. Oh, really? Seriously, what could go wrong with that? He says, it could have stopped a man who shot six women, killing two at, at a Tallahassee yoga studio in 2018. He said, the shooter who had been twice fired from substitute teaching jobs, listen to these criteria of concerning behavior that they would now have discovered that they would have now had the ability to manage this man's behavior to potentially stop him from shooting up some yoga place, right? He'd twice been fired from being a substitute teacher. He'd been accused of touching students, had a hatred for women. And he planned months in advance, they said, which they didn't know until after the fact searching for the studio and wait a minute legally buying a handgun and more than oh my goodness a hundred rounds of ammunition seriously guys my husband and i went to the range on saturday we spent less than an hour and we shot nearly a hundred rounds don't tell me that a hundred rounds of ammunition purchased plus a handgun now makes you a potential domestic terrorist. I want you to see these criteria. You have to see this because this is the basis, right? Any of these things can, none of these things could be, could be actually evidenced to be connected with each other. How many people have been fired from jobs? Maybe people get fired from jobs, have handguns, and they go buy ammunition. How is that due process? In a courtroom, all of these things are barely circumstantial evidence. Barely. Barely. If I were a prosecutor and somebody brought this garbage to me, I'd have been like, come on now, you got to get better than that. And if I can't prosecute for somebody for something, you ought not be able to get a warrant for it. But here's the thing. They don't have to get a warrant. There's no stinking warrant necessary. So up here on YouTube, I have the contact information for Mr. Swearingen, and I'm really hoping somebody out there is going to drop him a line and say, look, you know what? There's this crazy thing, Mr. FDLE commissioner, that called due process. And your little plan there violates like 37 of our natural rights. Uh, we, we aren't buying it. Wait until you see what the state attorney of the 18th Circuit says. Okay? State attorney Phil Archer, president of Florida's Prosecuting Attorneys Association, says this about this whole plan, right? The behavioral assessment units, 
He says, quote, I know that sends shivers and shudders through those that champion privacy concerns and rights and mental health rights. But everybody's going to have to give a little. You need to be disbarred. Mr. Phil Archer, you need to be disbarred because at least twice that I know you raised your hand and said you will support and defend the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of the state of Florida, and the laws of the state of Florida. And in that one statement, you have just violated them all. Welcome back to the Daily Journal. Hey, why don't we all just show up at uh, the state attorney's office there in the 18th Circuit with our Got Liberty t-shirts. Maybe, maybe we can find a donor that will actually send him one of these t-shirts or a box of these t-shirts. I don't know. But look, why am I spending time on Florida? Not just because I live here, because I want you to see how this begins. The red flags got their momentum here in Florida. And if we as a people throughout the union don't descend upon Phil Archer, state attorney, who is the president of the Florida Prosecuting Attorneys Association, if we don't descend upon the commissioner of the Florida uh, FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, Rick Swearingen, this is coming to your state. Guarantee. He used to say that California and New York leads the way. No, no, not anymore. Not with gun control. They're waiting for those so-called conservative Republican states to do this. That's what we need to do. This is where we need to start. What? And this, this is just crazy. This is red flag on crack. This is an officer that doesn't even need a complaint. There's no complaint. Even at least red flag requires some kind of judicial review. This does not require any judicial review. It doesn't have to have any real threat of violence. They just have to be concerned about your interests and your behavior. That's why they're going to be collecting all your Facebook stuff, right? Oh, this just stuff is crazy. Absolutely crazy. And so when they asked Swearingen, the Miami Herald asked Swearingen, do you really think that these laws would have stopped any of these things in Las Vegas or anyway? He couldn't answer the question. If your plan is so stinking great, wouldn't you know that these things could be stopped? Well, the answer is he couldn't answer because he knew he couldn't, it wouldn't have done anything. This is something that, this, this is all tying together. I don't know if you saw this art, this this story. So, a police report filed after two-year-old Killian died shows he had had a previous medical condition. A grieving father was put on trial for criticizing a judge on Facebook. You see, he went to custody hearing for his child. He and his attorney argued that his ex-wife was a threat to their child's well-being. The judge gave the child to the ex-wife anyway, and the child ended up dead. The child died. And the father, crazy guy, 
blames the judicial system for favoring women and, and mothers over fathers and choosing a mother that was proven, he believed in his mind in the courtroom, unfit over a father who was actually fit. And so he went on a social media campaign to criticize them. And this Judge Rachel Rancilio saw the posts, thought they were targeted with her, maybe they were targeted at her. She felt uncomfortable and possibly threatened. There's no evidence that she actually heard was at the hearing, right? She didn't actually hear the case. Here's the picture if you're watching on, on YouTube. So she files a, a police report that he's threatening and stalking her. The Maycomb County Sheriff's Office respond, responded and found that the dad had criticized Rachel Rancilio on social media, but then put in their investigative report that at no time did he threaten or harm any violence. I want to show you what he did. He posted a meme of himself with a shovel, and he says, data back to digging, and you best believe I'm going to dig up all the skeletons in this court's closet. This crazy snowflake judge says, I thought he was going to kill me and bury me after he was done. Had him arrested, held on a $500,000 bond because he criticized the judicial system on Facebook and social media. Judge Sebastian Lucidio is the one who gave him the $500,000 bond. And he had a trial. Good news is the jury found him not guilty. The bad news is these judges still have job jobs. These judges ought to no longer be on the bench. They ought to be disbarred. They ought not be even practicing law. They used the law to attack someone in violation of their rights, and I hope this man sues them and files bar complaints. Well, that's all I have for you today. God bless you guys. See you next time.